welcome to Hairstylist Rising podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am joined by Crystal L today, and I am so excited to have her on the show. Crystal is a hairstylist, six-figure salon owner, and founder of the All Hair Academy, which is an online program that teaches hairstylists to service all hair types and create a more diverse clientele. Welcome, Crystal. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Um, I've been wanting to chat with you forever, so it is super awesome to finally get to make it happen. Thank you for um, inviting me. It's amazing when the stars finally align, hey? Yes. (laughs) Um, So, okay, I always like to start by hearing about how people got into the industry. So if you wouldn't mind, I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory and kind of where you started and then where you're at now. Um, so I got into the beauty industry by accident. Um, <laughs> I, my mom at 15 told me be, I would be a hairdresser and I was like, nope, hairdressers are dumb. And they worked like morning up to morning down. I didn't want any part of that business model. Um, so I actually went to Um, school for education I pursued that um, and then realized that I liked my kids and not necessarily everyone else's Um, and then I went into um, higher education and so I worked in higher ed when one of my friends opened a salon in our downtown area Um, I kind of helped her with like branding and marketing and then another friend of ours got married and she ended up running behind by no fault of her own Um, and she was like hey you think you can help me do a couple of these wedding updos. And I was like, well, do you have some pictures? And she was like, yep. And I was like, yep. And I like played it. And I would say for the next probably six months, she was like, you know, I really think you should go to hair school. And I'm like, "Uh, nope, I don't want any more student debt. Not trying to go to hair school and learn what I already know. Not interested. Um, And then she just really kind of pursued it. And she was like, well, what if we can look for some alternative ways? And I was like, I would think about it. Um, So we did some research and found out that in the state of Missouri, you can do apprenticeships. Um, So basically, you don't go to traditional hair school at all. You learn under um, a apprentice supervisor, um, which is what I did. So I did that for, it took about two and a half years because you have to do double the amount of hours. And um, I worked, when I finished, I immediately went into booth rental because I had about an 80% clientele. Um, and then I managed her salon. Um, and so I did that for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and then I ventured out on my own. Um, wow. So, so <laughs> the yeah, so, industry chose you then, not the other way around. It sounds like. <laughs> absolutely. My mom told me that I would be here. Um, so to this day, she's like, girl, I told you this was your passion. I'm like, <laughs> no, ma'am. So it's funny when moms are right. Hey, <laughs> yes. Right. My mom seems to have that effect on me like all the yeah. time. 
<laughs> Mine too. That's so interesting. We actually have that in common. I took the apprenticeship program where I live as well. So I definitely think there's a lot to be said for learning in the salon. Um, so that's amazing that you were able to build such a, such a full clientele and then go independent right away. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool that you've done an apprenticeship. I don't really find many people who like didn't do like traditional cosmetology school and then like a year or two of apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, I would honestly say, I won't say it's like the better way because I think it's different strokes for different folks, mm -hmm. but I think it definitely breeds a different kind of mentality of understanding the business side along with the theory and the practical side and being able to marry all three of those together as you enter, enter the industry. Yeah, um, I think that's accurate. Absolutely. So yeah, it's been, it was pretty awesome. And then to be able to build, whereas I could, um, I wasn't leaving cosmetology school where I was charging significantly less mm -hmm. going into a new space and almost rebuilding because, you know, I feel like a lot of cosmetology people that visit schools, their career, like cosmetology um, client. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So then how did you transition into from booth rental into opening your own space? Um, that was also um, not a planned thing. <laughs> um, so I, there was a woman, her name was Carolyn, and she owned Salon Genesis, bright green and brown. Um, and she was closing. Um, she wasn't a hairdresser, but she had opened this space because her daughter was a hairdresser um, and, and her daughter was building a salon in her home. <clears throat> so I went to buy a kid's chair and a magazine rack. And I went into Salon Genesis and I talked to Carolyn for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And she like followed me out to my car and she was like, have you ever thought about opening your own salon? And I was like, yeah, I thought about it, but banks don't give like entrepreneurs money on their dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had a great plan and, a, you know, and an idea of how it was running. And I already had systems in my place in place from booth running. Um, and she was like, well, what if I gave you everything that isn't sold and, and, and you can in this space. And I was like, well, I would think about owning a salon. Wow. Um, and I would probably say it took about two weeks. I talked to two of my big mentors, mm -hmm. um, at the time and, um, Crystal L hair and makeup was born and, um, I kept her phone number. Um, she did everything to like transition. I did not keep her staff, which um, was great and fine. Because uh, I, you know, I think it's easier to teach, um, to build a culture sometimes around your new ideas than it is to kind of change the culture, just depending. So yeah, so that's how I got into salon ownership. Wow, that Again. is such a cool story. I love that. Thank it you. sounds like the universe really did um, have your back on a lot of this stuff. Hey, like it's amazing when you see certain opportunities present themselves. Obviously, it's on you to take that opportunity and run with it. But what a cool story. I love how you got into the industry. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I know people are always like a lot of my friends say, you're so lucky. And I was like, I just think when you put out good in the universe, yeah. you, that's what's returned to you and vice versa on the other, on the other side of the coin. I um, couldn't agree. So more. I just do things because I love to do them. And, and I get, I think I've been um, very honored to receive that love back. That's amazing. So I am a huge proponent of coaches and mentors when you're making leaps in your business and just all the time. And I did a little research and I learned that you had hired a business coach as soon as you went to open your own business. 
Um, Absolutely. So what was your experience with coaching and what impact would you say it's made on your business today? I would say the, the impact is everything. So when, when the opportunity presented itself to open one of, one of my clients at the time, Angela Minifield Hooper was a um, John Maxwell coach and she was growing. And I just, you know, I talked to her and I was like, you know, I want to open a salon and I know things that run well are corporate things. And they run well because they are very systematic. It's very intentional. And I was like, and I know that I want to run my salon the same way. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I have to speak with someone who's done this, like on the corporate level, they've implemented systems. They know how to onboard. They know how to set expectations. And so as my first coach, that's what she was able to help me do. And if you follow me on social or know me, I am like the chick of systems, the chick mm-hmm. of organizations. That's how I manage like three children, a husband, a nonprofit, a business, because it's very systematic. Mm-hmm. So my first coach really helped me lay out that foundation of systems. Um, and I have pretty much had some sort of coach or coaching every single level of my career. So when, you know, I first started out, you know, the investment wasn't a whole lot, but the impact was. And then as I've grown and made more, um, I've gotten coaches. I level up on my coaches every single time. So I think that you don't know what you don't know. Um, and a coach kind of helps you figure out what you don't know, as well as navigate the best way to implement the things that you do know. Yes, that's so true. And I think too, it's like, there's something to be said for having someone in it with you, you know, like being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and being um, in business can be, it's so exciting. It's so rewarding, but there's definitely times where it, you almost, it, it can get quite lonely because no one really gets your business and like gets the emotional attachment to your business in the way that you do. So I find having a coach, having someone who's like a little bit detached from your life, but so in it on your business and just cheering you on is, is a really it, it almost is a comforting feeling and it really helps you level up and step out of that fear zone a little bit. Absolutely. Cause you have somebody in it, like you said, in it with you and someone who is, you can just be completely open with like your fears and the personal things that are in your life. And they're there to, you know, hold space for you and help you and guide you, but also help you just figure it out with, you know, with the, the resources that you have. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what would you say has been like the biggest challenge you faced in your career? And was it something that you felt like you learned from? How did you overcome that? I'm really curious. I love hearing this from people who've achieved a lot of success because there's almost always a major challenge in their path. Um, wow. So I would, you know, like, again, I always say um, new, le- new level, new devil. hmm Oh, yeah, um, that's good. So I would say there's probably um, two and one was actually really recent. Um, but I would say the first challenge that I had was um, realizing that it wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, and so a lot of things happen that really can make you think that you're not that this is not going to happen for you. Um, that this is not where you're meant to be. Um, so I would say one of the biggest challenges for me was when I stepped out onto my own, um, I expected a little more support from the people who were there with me before, and that didn't necessarily happen. 
Um, and I just had to realize that it wasn't about me, that it was more about them and realizing that sometimes you may have to go through and do it on your own. And you may have to um, just navigate those things without people who you thought would be in your corner, the, the more success you had, if that makes sense. Oh my goodness. Yes. I think that's so relatable because um, I think, like you said, every time you level up, there's going to be, there's changes, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. the people who we love the most, and it's not necessarily on purpose, but I think that sometimes a lot of people have a hard time when you step outside of their comfort zone. Yes. Um, And it's not always like intentional. It's not, it doesn't come from a bad place usually, but I absolutely, that, that is a, I think a lot of entrepreneurs face that absolutely every time they level up. Yep. And then wanting to know, do you dim your light in order to make other people feel comfortable? Like, do do you shrink yourself to fit in the space? Um, And you just have to say no. And and especially I'm a dreamer Mm -hmm. um, and I dream big and, and I'm going to continue to do that. And so sometimes you just grow out of situations. And like you said, it's, it's their comfort level, not yours. So don't let it hold you back. Yeah. I think that's such a great lesson for anyone who's, you know, at a stage in their career where they're wanting to kind of reach the next level or step outside their comfort zone or do something, do something big is that, yeah, it it sometimes can feel scary, but like, I would say I like try as hard as you can not to dim your light because I know for me, like I've waited on opportunities for years because I didn't want to, you know, alienate someone or, you know, step away from the people that I was comfortable with. And as soon as I detached myself from that, the growth I experienced in such a short period of time was like immeasurable. Yes, I would absolutely 100% agree. And that's kind of where that second fear um, that I'm working through right now uh, is coming into play. Like after our retreat, with Elizabeth, um, I'm always been like a very, uh, like strong person. And I just thought that strong meant like no emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never really, um, you get the very organized crystal, the very, um, I'm optimistic just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I would think that I was very like the one dimensional because I thought that that showed like weakness to be any other way. And I really learned over the retreat that it actually um, takes more strength to actually be vulnerable. And in order to really help the women who relate to me, I have to kind of be open and talk about those struggles, that this was not always easy, that putting systems in my business didn't happen overnight, that even sometimes now I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I know what success looks like on the other side, which means that. I have to be determined to keep pushing even when things are pushing back against me. So, yes, um, yeah, I love that. Um, I, I remember watching, have you ever watched the Brene Brown documentary on Netflix? So I have not, but during this retreat, as I'm talking to all my sisters um, mm-hmm. in high power Academy, I'm, you know, I'm telling them, I was like, I just see it as very weak. And they were like, immediately, um, Maisie was like, nope, here's this watch Brene Brown. Um, so I'm actually just starting, um, the vulnerability it's on an audiobook, and it's like the six hours, six and a half hours of all of her speeches combined. 
Oh, wow. Um, I'm writing which that I down. Think it's, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be life-changing. And I've already started um, with my social, just really letting people in on the, the flip side of me and the struggles that I went through um, to get to where I am. It was not always um, six figures. It was not even sometimes, um, you know, five and then four figures and balancing, you know, having children at, you know, younger age and, you know, how do you deal with being a mom and, and wanting to dream big and not feeling like you neglect at home. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so much to be said for that because I think like, I know for me, like one of the ways that I always seek inspiration is to listen to autobiographies of people that inspire me. And the part that I find so inspiring is always that vulnerability piece and realizing that like, it's not like success is not just this shiny object that you go out and grab. It's, it's a journey. And it's really like embracing all the hard things and just learning to basically keep going anyway, even when it feels impossible. Absolutely. I think that's, you said it, you hit it on the nose to keep, keep going when, even when it seems impossible, you know, I think the breakthrough is on the other side and you just have to hold on long enough and keep working for that breakthrough. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then for anyone that doesn't know, I just want to say like, you're part of the high power Academy, right? Which is a mastermind for really high achieving, um, high power hairstylists. Uh, that's led by Elizabeth Faye. So I just wanted to mention that for anyone that might not have heard of the High Power Academy, um, but it's part of a, you're part of like a really amazing group of women. And how has, how has finding that community changed things? Cause I know we've talked about like the power of mentorship, but do you think that there's power in not just the mentor, but also like the other women in that group with you? Absolutely. And I would have I, when I went into, when Elizabeth asked me to um, join High Power, I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, everybody are high earners, high achievers, multi-level businesses. Um, and I was like, it's going to be cool to be around like, like-minded people, you know, but I could not have imagined how life-changing it would have been um, in the sense that as you, as we're all together, we all are, are having the same kinds of struggles and we're all there to like cheer you on and it's so relatable because they're on a level that you're on as far as where they are in their business and they start it from where you started from so they understand all of the struggles and the levels that you went to to get to where you are um, and then we're all expanders for each other so it's really cool to be you know we were in Tulum you know 11 stylists who all coach um, on some level and being able to say, hey, how can I help your program? Or, hey, I have this question or struggle. And there's zero competition, right? Like, you win, I win. I think that is the most magnificent thing that you could ever do. But if you know Elizabeth, then that is Elizabeth in a nutshell. Like, she's an expander. Her thought process is there's enough of any and everything for everyone to be successful. So to then be with a group of women who all feel the same way there's no other power than that. Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. This is like just inspiring me right now so much. <laughs> I think that um, I think that that's something for me that has changed so much in 
the 15 years that I've been in the industry. So my mom is a hairstylist. So I've been in the industry for, you know, since birth basically. Um, but yeah, I think like there was a time where, and this is probably also indicative of like the circles that you're in and the people you surround yourself with, but the hair industry used to be like, I would say incredibly competitive. Um, I mean, I remember one of my first salons, my girlfriend worked at another salon in our city and it was like, oh, like you're friends with her. She's like our competition. And now I feel like there's such a push for community and like our shared journey and our shared, um, you know, aspirations and all that kind of stuff. And I couldn't agree more. There's always going to be enough clients. There's always enough, you know, success to share, but do you, have you seen a shift towards that? Or do you think that's more indicative of like the, the people that you surround yourself with? Um, oh, I think it can be, it's just, a, it can be a combination. I think it just depends on what you're looking for and also kind of what you're willing to like settle for, for lack of a better term. Right. So like, if you start working in a space and, or in an area and it's just not comfortable, like that love is not there for you, then being okay to like remove yourself and go find that space that is adequate for what you're seeking, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think people should realize, like my mom has always taught me, like if you're the smartest person in your group, you need to find another group mm -hmm. because <laughs> other smart people are going to push you to think outside your box. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so true. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more because I think that you have a really unique, I know we have a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that people are educating on in the hair industry. And I was drawn to invite you onto the show because I saw that you had created something. I'm going to say unique. I could be, mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but I definitely think this is the first program of its kind that I have seen at least. And so would you mind sharing a little bit more about the all hair Academy and kind of what inspired you to create it and what it's all about? Um, absolutely. So I, I, I'm like you, I think there's no other program out here um, like this. So with All Hair Academy, um, it came from a place at the beginning of my career. Um, so I'm a stylist of color. Um, I always tell people, I believe that churches and hair salons are the most segregated places in the world. And when I say that people kind of take a step back, but then I say, think about your career as a stylist or as a consumer. When you walk into a hair salon on both sides of the aisle, they predominantly, everyone looks like you. Your hairstylist who does your hair looks like you. Um, that is just how our industry is. Mm -hmm. um, we're, I, I hope that we're going to a shift to change that because I truly believe that hair is hair, right? I believe you diagnose the hair and you go from there. Yeah. So for me, I, my apprentice supervisor was Polish. Um, she had a daughter who was biracial. So she understood curly hair. Mm -hmm. Well, her clientele was all different texture, like all different skin tones, like all different fine, medium, curly, coarse, kinky. And so I was exposed to hair that I knew and hair that I'd never even touched before. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was able to one scale extremely fast, right? Because when I, when I start to network or when someone walks in the door, I can do everything. Like I have the confidence to do anyone who comes in. So that allowed me to scale quickly 
And then what I noticed is that I didn't see that. I would go to a, um, like a, um, an education class, right? And I'd be the only one who looked like me in the education class. Um, and if the instructor didn't look like me, there was not a whole lot of knowledge around anything other than the hair that they had going on their head. Right. And that was, again, on both sides of the aisle. So the world, it's 2021. It's an increasingly diverse world. A hundred percent. We have so many families who are blended families, who are diverse families, who even not diverse families, right? Like um, who have different hair that grows on their head mm-hmm. and they want to feel comfortable walking into anywhere. And I think if you want to be a stylist who hits six, seven figures, you have to have the basic knowledge of all hair textures. Um, and so that's where All Hair Academy was born. I wanted to help stylists feel comfortable doing whomever sat in their chair. If, and, and you really have to also put those things out on social media. So I know for a lot of stylists or clients of color, when you call somewhere, you have to be like, you have somebody who does like curly hair. And sometimes it's like, nope, sorry. Um, So I just want people to one, be comfortable doing different things. And two, when you're wanting to be like a platform artist, like how awesome is it to be that platform artist who can like slay it all, right? You're you're wherever, you're teaching. Whoever comes in, you're like, oh, I got you. Or if somebody's like, hey, how do you do that placement on this super fine hair? Or how do you do that placement on this kinkier, curly hair? Oh, you just do this, this, and this. So I just want to be able to share the knowledge that I've um, acquired over the 11 years with other stylists who are looking to do the same thing, whether it's color, whether it's extensions, whether it's styling, um, because there are different techniques based on the diagnosis of the hair. Yeah. And I think that's such, and I love that your program can bridge the gap because unfortunately hair schools need to do better. Like where I went to hair school, there was almost zero curriculum. Um, like I did an apprenticeship, but there was like a 10 week program and hair texture just was not something that was, it was barely even covered, like let Mm -hmm. alone teaching people how to work with different hair textures. It was just, it was like barely even acknowledged. And so I love that you have created something that can help stylists whose hair schools didn't do a good job at teaching them about different hair textures. So you can really help um, bridge the gap for people. And, and that is truly my goal that, um, and I think it's, and it's both, and I always like to mention that, I mean, on both sides of the aisle, I think when I, and I, when I say the word texture, mm-hmm. I think I mean completely different than everybody else because right. All hair has texture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so people, but, but our industry says like texture and our immediate thought is like, oh, curly, kinky, coily. No, like fine hair has texture. Medium hair has texture. Like it's all different densities. It's all different. Um, and so with AHA, we cover it all. So my first, um, when I started, I only took eight stylists because the whole key is for it to be a mastermind. I want it to be a non-judgment. I want you to have a transformation. I want you to really be able to feel comfortable talking to your counterparts. Mm-hmm. And I had four women of color and four white women. And it was amazing because everybody was from all over the country. They all had different experiences. They were all different skill levels. And we were able to just talk and help each other and still help each other navigate different parts of our challenges. 
I love that that's mastermind style. I think that that's a really powerful way to teach people, honestly, because then you can meet them where they're at mm-hmm. um, and really help go through. That's how I run my, um, my program as well, because I just think it's really, really nice to be able to get in there and, you know, almost have that mentorship and coaching element to your education as well. Yes. And I think it's, I've done programs that are full modules and I completely understand hundred percent get that. I understand programs that are pre-recorded. I understand programs that are live and I understand like hybrid Yeah, because absolutely. it just depends on what they're looking for. But I just really, I'm, I'm the person in general that I just want to like, I want to see you from point A to point Z and mm-hmm. I want to be your cheerleader, your mentor, um, you know, all the way. And I take mentorship um, differently. When I talk about mentorship, that's celebrating the successes, but also being accountable for your failures as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I love the mastermind component. That's amazing. And it sounds like you are just the perfect person to come to for this type of um, education. Like, you know what it's like to you know, work through challenges, you know what it's like to be mentored. So I think that for anyone who's looking for a way to diversify their clientele and a way to learn how to work with all hair types, it sounds like your program would be the absolute best route to go. I would a hundred percent agree. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so what are you most excited about for where you're headed in the future? Um, like I I said earlier, I'm a big dreamer and I'm just going to put it all out there. My goal, um, my dash in life, I have a nonprofit um, called the Bold Academy. So that is something that for my community that I really focus on. But for our beauty industry, honestly, my revolutionary, like my goal would be to revolutionary um, rev- the change in how we approach all hair textures, that it is just celebrated, that we can come together and learn from each other without judgment and teach each other and just be a very cohesive um, community. That is, I mean, if I can, whatever I can do to, as you said, bridge that gap um, between what we don't know and what we want to learn when it comes to doing um, diverse hair types, that is what I want to do. That is where I want to live. That is what I want to spend the rest of my career doing um, and beyond. I love that. I, I'm so excited about your mission. I feel like the passion that you have for this like industry is palpable. And I am so excited to watch where you go and what you do next, because I think it's going to be huge. Um, So if you had to give one piece of advice to hairstylists in general, whether they're coming up in the industry or, you know, they're just feeling uninspired and just needing something to change, like what is that one piece of advice that you would give to hairstylists? Um, so I have two quotes that I live by and those two quotes, um, over the last seven years have changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first one is nothing beats a failure except to not try. So whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is, you don't know if you're good enough for, or talented enough for give it a go, because if you fail at it, at least you learned a lesson. So that's the first one. And the second one is the answer is already no. 
So when you want to do something or ask for something, um, you're not losing anything by asking, right? Because it's already no. So the best thing you do is gain a yes. And that yes can be life-changing. Um, and that's how I've pursued everything in my career and everything in my life with those two things. And they have really changed my outlook um, on, on everything. So that's what I would say. I don't know if that's what you were looking for. Yes, that um, is absolutely perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal. Like this has been so incredible. I really appreciate you sharing your insight, your knowledge and your heart with us today. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here. Um, I love everything you do. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to join you on your platform. Um, and, um, I'm just forever grateful. And where can people find you? Cause I know after listening to this episode, everyone's going to want to come and find you and follow <laughs> you and catch up with what you're doing. So what is the best place to, to do that? I would say the best place to find me is on Instagram at crystal hair and makeup. And that's crystal with the C H R Y S T A L. And I am there 24 seven. I love a DM. Um, so, um, hit me up and let's chat. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, thanks again, crystal. And yeah, I hope I'm sure there's so much more we can talk about. So we will have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so 